0: You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Right, um, we are in that segment of our year where we started the second semester. On the 30th of June, um, it was the 181st day. It marked half of the year. And the 1st of July commences or starts the second semester of the year. The Bible says in Malachi 3 verse 6, I am the Lord your God, I changeth not. In the King James Bible, what I wish to encourage you is that the God of the first semester... The God of January to June is still the God of July up until the end of the year. His goodness, His grace, and His mercy will be with us. Maybe let us believe that the second semester will be even better than the first. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the Day before. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. In the message Bible, it says, I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. In other words, God says to Jeremiah, and indeed to us, call unto me. When you pray, when you present yourself before him, God will show you. God will show us even things we did not know. And I believe that for your lives and for our lives as the church, let us believe that the second semester will even be better. The message of God's Word is found in two scriptures. I agree with uh, Tatana Matebula that when you see the poster and there's a a theme, there's a text there, I I agree with him that we should uh, read read the, the text and prepare ourselves as we are going to receive the message of God's Word. I'm not going to read all these verses. I'm just going to refer to them. But as you can see from the slide, the theme of our message this morning is outrageously courageous. God's unlimited possibilities. Outrageously courageous. God's unlimited possibilities. Verse 6 of Joshua chapter 1 summarizes what God says to Joshua. It says, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore To their ancestors to give them. God is saying, Joshua, I am going to fulfill my promises to you. There are more than 8,000 promises in the Word of God for a believer, for us as believers. And today, we are going to learn that what God says in His Word, He will fulfill. And verse 6 summarizes the fact that what God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, He will fulfill. Somebody shout the name of the Lord. There are promises We are not only people of God. We are not only church goers. We are not bench warmers, but we are the children of the Almighty God. And when we read His Word, there are promises to us. And God, we are going to see that what God promises in His Word, He will fulfill. And the second text that I refer to is Deuteronomy chapter 31, reading from verse 1 to verse 6. These two verses summarize what, this time, it's not God speaking to Joshua, but it is Moses speaking to the children of Israel, the assembly of Israel. And Joshua is also there. And Moses tells The people of Israel, and they are at the brink of crossing the Jordan River. And somebody says, it appears they see the promised land. And God, uh, Moses says to the children of Israel in verse 2, The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you as the Lord has said. Many, many years ago, God promised Abraham, Isaac and Jacob he will give them a land. He promised them that I Will surely bless you. He promised them that you will be like the stars of the heavens, you will be like the sand of the sea. Now they are at the brink, they are at the threshold of realizing the promises of God. And God says, and Moses says to them, The Lord Himself will go across. Before you. Praise God. Hallelujah. And verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, when you look at the theme as it is coined, the theme of our message... It consists of two segments. It consists of two parts. The first one is found in Joshua 1 from verse 1 to verse 9. Actually, three times God tells Joshua, be strong and be courageous. So, the first part of the sermon the title, the theme, the message is You should be outrageously courageous. What is the meaning of that? It means you should demonstrate extreme bravery that is undeterred by any obstacle. You should demonstrate tenacity. You should demonstrate the spirit of non-wavering. Even if there are obstacles that you are going to encounter, they will never deter you. In other words... From the beginning, God tells Joshua after the death of Moses that be strong and be courageous. The land that I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's not going to fall on your lap. It's not going to be given to you on a silver platter. Therefore, be strong and be courageous. And I feel that God is speaking to someone this morning. And I feel God is speaking to us today. That for us to achieve anything, we ought to be outrageously courageous. The second aspect of the message is... He is the one who speaks to us. He is a God of possibilities. But those possibilities are unlimited. God is not limited by anything. God is not limited by anyone. God is not limited by any situation. He is the master of possibilities. God has unlimited supply of answers, solutions and possibilities. Even the situation that you are facing this morning, as I am preaching, God is promising you, I am the God of unlimited possibilities. In other words, whatever situation that I am facing, He is the God of unlimited possibilities. If you're facing a situation, today we are preaching to you that your situation, even if it is untenable, God can reverse your situation. Why? Because he is a God of unlimited possibilities. In his power, in his authority, God can turn your situation around. But what is happening here? In these two texts that we have read. Joshua and Deuteronomy chapter 31. Let's just give a background. The people, the nation, the river, the crossing, the promised land. Now, the background of this is found in the entire book of Exodus what is happening here is anchored in the book of Exodus we don't have much time but let us just say in the book of Exodus there are four themes that permeates through the book of Exodus. The first one is God's identity and power. That is the first thing. God's identity and power. We know the story of the Exodus. The story of the coming out of the nation of Israel from Egypt, from exile. This is a demonstration of God's identity. Who is this God who is speaking? Who is this God who is saying to Pharaoh, Let my people go? What is his identity? We know very well that the Old Testament is written against the ancient world which is steeped in idolatry. The people in that civilization or culture or background worshipped idols. The nation of Israel worshipped the Nile the Nile River because it is believed that had it not been the Nile River Egypt would be a desert. So Nile is their life giver. So they worshiped Nile as their God. But this God who speaks to Moses that tell Pharaoh to let my people go demonstrates and shows that. I can judge what they call their God. I can change the water into blood. And God did it to demonstrate his identity and power. So the first theme that we find in Exodus, is the unique identity of God. That he is, The most powerful God. In other words, when we talk about unlimited possibilities, you must know the God that we serve. We must know who is this God. Another theme that is found in Exodus is redemption and deliverance. Praise the name of the Lord. We know very well that Pharaoh's heart was hardened. He refused, who is this God who wants my slaves to be released? And God tells Moses to tell the children of Israel that each family should slaughter a lamb and they should Take the blood and apply it on the doorposts because God is coming to charge the Egyptians. Their firstborns, sons, the livestock are going to be killed by this angel. But when I see the blood, I will pass over. So the story of Exodus is also the story of redemption. It is the story of God redeeming His people through the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. We have been redeemed not by perishable things such as the blood of goats, but we are redeemed by the blood of the lamb. The covenant mediators, priest would God in the book of Exodus, he renews the covenant, even when they were the mountain of Sinai God renews the covenant with them but he reminds them who they are you are a nation of priests I have called you to be a nation of priests in other words what I want you to do giving you a land That I have promised to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, know very well. It's not only for your own sakes, but I have called you to be priests, to be mediators of the covenant that I have established with your ancestors. In other words, it was not only for the nation of Israel. But it is for us also. We are sitting at the southern tip of Africa. And we are saying we know the true identity of God. And we know very well that we are a family of God. We know very well we are redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. From different nations. From different tongues. Here we are today. The Israelites mediated a covenant with God. In other words, God is saying, out of you, I'm going to bring forth a Messiah. It was not only for themselves, but it was to mediate a better covenant and to be a nation of priesthood. Now, this is What is cascaded to us as the church of Jesus Christ? We as Christians, we as the church, we should know very well that God has called us. God has commissioned us to be a nation of priests. God has called people's church to make a difference in the lives of people. God has called us in this city. Last week on Sunday at Cornerstone, we launched a new campus at our. Southern suburb called Centurion. And this is what I told them. As we had the first service, more than 50 people gathered there. I said to them, This suburb of Centurion, there are strongholds, they are challenges, they are problems. The schools, the prisons, the families. And we are here not to add to another church. But God has called us. And many people will be saved in this Sabbath through the fact that God has called us. And we're going to take our rightful place in the churches that God has called us here in this Sabbath people's church, God has called us to be outrageously courageous. But also, we learn that he is a God of unlimited possibilities. There are about three or four things I want to mention. What God told Joshua, which I believe should resonate with us. Which apply to us the first thing it's found in verses 1 and 2 after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun Moses' assistant saying Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. The first thing, Joshua, that you should take into consideration is that you should let go of the past. You should bury the past. Didn't Joshua know that Moses is dead? Yes. He knew that Moses was dead. But it appears that in his mind, there was still lingering a second lieutenant mentality. And God is saying, Moses is dead therefore arise and lead this people what god is saying to joshua here is that this is your time this is the moment this is your season of leading this people and if we want to summarize This point, John Austin says, You can never change your past, but you can change your destiny. Joshua has seen the apostasy, he has seen the unbelief, he has seen the murmurings, he has seen the meanderings in the wilderness. And God is saying to Joshua, let go of your past. I am about to use you, I'm about to do a new thing amongst you. May God help us. Some of us are still. Caged by our past Some of us are still living in our past And God is saying to Joshua You will never cross the Jordan River When you are still a victim of the second lieutenant mentality May God help us As people's church We may have experienced not always good things in our midst. But the Lord is saying to us today, let go of the past. Let us let go of what has happened to us. We're about to experience a new dawn in our lives. We are about to experience something new in our lives. But it appears that also Joshua was comparing himself with Moses. Be yourself. Verse 3 and verse 4. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river the Euphrates the river Euphrates all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. God is saying to Joshua you are not only crossing over you are not only taking possession of the land, but you must know what I have promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I have promised them these areas that have been mentioned, from Jordan River down up to the Great Sea, that is the Mediterranean Sea. This is what I have promised promised them you will possess the land. Somebody shout to the name of the Lord. They are talking here about physical land. They are talking here about the areas. They are talking about territory. That is physical in nature. But we know very well to us as the church of Jesus Christ Christ, we don't only live in the physical, but we live in the spiritual. We know very well there are spiritual strongholds in our city. And God is saying, I have given you each and every territory in this place, in this city. I have given you each and every place. Wherever you lay your foot on, I have given you that place. In the name of Jesus, let us claim each and every territory in our land. Let us claim each and every stronghold in our city. Second Corinthians 10 verse 4, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish stronghold. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We are going to pray. We are going to march. We are going to take over. And I believe the first sitting that they took, Jericho, it was a prelude of the things to come. Somebody shouted the name of the Lord. For God told them that they must march over the city of Jericho, a fortified city without lifting a weapon, only by shouting, only by praising, only by acknowledging the presence of God. The walls of Jericho came falling down. Church, let us arise. Let us stand up and pray. And I believe the Lord has given us each and every stronghold in this city. I believe that we are going to experience things we have never experienced before. Verse 5, it says, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. We are not alone in this thing. But the Lord is with us us. Even if uh, we had our own failures um, in the wilderness, uh, wandering, um, there was disbelief, sin rebellion, uh, the mistakes uh, which happened under Moses. um, But this is uh, the Joshua generation. Um, Somebody shout the name of the Lord. This is not the Moses generation, uh, but it is uh, the Joshua generation. um, And the Lord has promised him that uh, I will be with you. Uh, Therefore, be strong um, and Be courageous. Uh, Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. uh, And you may observe uh, to do according uh, to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. uh, Do not turn from it uh, to the right uh, hand or to the left, uh, that you may prosper uh, whatever you go. Um, Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Praise the name of the Lord. God is telling Joshua, you are going to be successful. You are going to prosper. But the prosperity, the success that you are going to attain. It is to observe, read this book of the law. May God bless people's church that the Bible, the word of God, the scriptures should be the basis of our success. We're not here to play gimmicks. We're not here to manipulate people. But each and everything that we have is based on the word of God. Is that not wonderful that God says to Joshua that this book should not depart from your mouth, from your lips. You read it, but also it must not depart from your mouth. What does that mean? It means you must speak the word. You must confess the word. You must declare the word. Not only read it. Not only understand it. But you must it must not depart from your lips. Speak your word. Declare the word of God over your lives. You must say to yourself I am an apple of God's eye. You must say no weapon that is formed against you shall you must say, "I shall not be the tailor; I shall be the head." You must also prophesy over your own children. Tell them that the word of the Lord say your comings and your goings will be blessed by God. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and forever. Speak the word, speak the word over people's church, speak the word over your family, speak the word over your finances speak the word over your business speak the word over your career this book of the Lord should not depart from your lips let's close let's close I have borrowed words. Maybe I've told you this story. But I have, in closing, borrowed the words, famous words which Americans are talking about. Gene Kranz was in the control center of Apollo 13. Those of my age will remember on the 11th of April, 1970, when NASA launched this Apollo 13. Two days after its launch, part of it exploded. This loss this led to the loss of oxygen, electrical power and other important systems. The crew of three men had to be transferred to another space shuttle called the Aquarius. What was even worse was that the capacity of the mission to return to Earth was very much limited. At some point, the staff at the Mission Control Center in Houston, Texas began. To admit defeat. There was no way, they said, the astronauts will reach Earth safe. There is no way that they will return. And Gene Grant uttered the famous words which the Americans are still using today in 1970. Failure bring our astronauts home alive is not an option. Indeed, on the 17th of April, 1970, the Aquarius entered earth space and the three astronauts landed safely. Failure is not an option. To us as the church, The way forward, based on what the word of God says to us, failure is no option. This is what God told Joshua. You will cross over the Jordan River. It was not a normal season. The Jordan was in flood. But God says, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. The word that I want to live with you is that the purposes of God in your lives, failure is not an option. Our lives as the church, people's church, failure is not an option. We are the local expression of the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 18, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We are not only an organization, we are not only a denomination, we are the local expression of the church of Jesus Christ which he said, I will build, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. And we are saying today, we are going to be outrageously courageous. Why? Because God is the God of unlimited possibilities. As we stand on our feet, we are going to confess. We are going to declare. We are going to declare. We are going to speak over our lives. We are going to speak over this church that the Lord has called us. And the Lord is with us. And failure is no option. They're going to give us a song and thereafter we are going to pray. Thank you Jesus.